Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana. Preseason week one in the books. Uh, it was a losing effort, Rocky, but <laughs> it's the preseason, so there, there's plenty of there's plenty of things that we saw in this game uh, that we should be plenty optimistic about when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and. And everything that we saw here in preseason week one. Um, but Rocky, it's been a long off season. I've talked to you a ton about this team and we're all really excited about all the young players, all, all the roster turnover this off season. How'd you feel first game action that we saw? And I was pretty impressed with some of the youngsters on this team. I tell you what, you know, I was impressed with some of the youngsters. Obviously, the same thing we encountered with the offensive line last year, going with the youth movement and kind of the overhaul, is that early in preseason, even early in the regular season, you're going to take your lumps. There's going to be some rough patches. I think we saw those rough patches a few different times today. Um, Karloftis got off to a slow start. I know we'll kind of hit on that later. You know, Williams had a little bit of troubling coverage, you know, but for the most part, you saw some of the young guys flash also, you know, death row Chanel looked really good when he was coming downhill, you know? And so it's, it's good to be back. It's good to get the rust off and it's good just, you know, to be here and chopping it up with you, man. That's <laughs> it's, it's going to be a big season. And, you know, it, we say it was a losing effort, but anytime you get out of soldier field, mostly healthy, it's a win. Yeah, and it's the preseason. It's the first preseason game of the year. And yeah, it's losing doesn't matter. Uh, all, all we care about is that we got to see the guys take the field and we got to see the Chiefs in action. So I want to start things off with the veterans and really the first team offense that uh, was obviously led by Patrick Mahomes and they looked good. Rocky, uh, they looked really good. Mahomes goes six of seven in his first and only drive of the game, uh, throws a touchdown pass to, to Blake Bell. And it was really that they moved the ball with ease and, and they were they were good. Like Mahomes, looked, I, I was joking around uh, on Twitter during that drive, just man, Mahomes is just out there having fun. Like he is just excited to be back out on the football field. And, you know, all the question marks that we have about this offense, about the pass catchers, about the running back game. And uh, I think it was just good for Chiefs fans to get that first look and for them to make it look easy with the first team offense. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is at that that stage in his career at this point where if he wanted to do it to pull a Tom Brady and take three weeks off and then just show up to the regular season. I don't think he'd really miss it. He walked out there and he looked like he could have stepped into a playoff game tomorrow and let the chiefs, you know, there's, there was no rust on him. He was sharp as can be um, the first team offense. I mean, when Andy Reed had all of his weapons and he was actually trying in the, in the beginning of the first half, he, he outcoached Matt Eberflus up and down the field offensively and defensively both. Um, there was no question today that the chiefs ones were far superior athletically and just talent wise than the bears ones. I mean, it was, it was night and day difference. Yeah. And, it is the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, we got we got to be honest about that. I, I think the Bears ha have a good opportunity to be the worst team in the NFL this season. And that hurts me to say because I'm a Justin Fields fan and I want to see Justin Fields uh, be a good NFL quarterback. But the roster is just not very talented. But you take the wins where you can get them. And actually, I do want to check out that Patrick Mahomes touchdown pass to Blake Bell on the first series of the game. 
Mahomes off the fake, dumps it down, and it's a walk-in for the tight end, Lake Bell. A touch for Kansas City, the Bell Dozer. I mean, that's all you can ask for, right, Rocky? That's all you can ask for on the first series of the game. And everybody was freaking out. And I said on thir- or on Friday on Show and BK, the idea that Patrick Mahomes is actually going to play the entire first quarter of preseason game number one was ridiculous. I was like, he's got two series. If they score a touchdown on the first series, he is not coming back into the game. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah. you just have to love how easy he made it look and the fact that he was able to cap it off with the touchdown on the opening drive. Yeah, when I said earlier that, you know, Andy Reid outcoached Matt Eberflus, that was it right there. Um, one of Matt Eberflus' tendencies is that in short yardage situations, he likes to he likes to kind of bring the heat and kind of – Come at the quarterback, and the Chiefs just 100 knew that was com- knew that that was coming. And Mahomes used it to his advantage and just did the little slip inside pass to the tight end, which we've seen him do a thousand times. It was, it was, it was textbook Chiefs offense up and down the field. And I mean, it's yeah, it, it was it was just a beautiful thing to watch. It, it gets you excited because because after all the turnover we've had on the offensive side of the ball this year, yet one thing. I came out of here thinking one thing is for sure. The Chiefs offense is still the Chiefs offense as long as Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and Andy Reid is your head coach. I don't care who the heck is playing at the rest of the skill positions. The Chiefs offense is going to be dangerous. And we mentioned the touchdown pass to Blake Bell. I do need to mention that Bell did leave this game early with a hip injury. Uh, It appeared to be a non-contact injury when he went down and he was carted to the locker room where the Chiefs pretty quickly ruled him out for the rest of the contest. Uh, do hope that Blake Bell is okay and that it's nothing serious that's going to cause him to miss a lot of time because we're still waiting for Jody Fortson to be totally healthy, and he was not active today, but I was not surprised by that because he missed so much practice time with that quad injury, and he did return to practice this week, but it was kind of on a limited basis. The Chiefs are working him back in slowly. If Blake Bell is out for a significant period of time, you know, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Jody Fortson, who I think when healthy is locked in is your number two tight end. And now we're down to second year tight end Noah Gray, who had a couple impact plays in this game. I think he had one reception, but he's looked good in training camp and he's had his moments in training camp. So if Blake Bell is going to wind up missing a significant amount of time due to this injury, we might see uh, quite a bit of Noah Gray moving forward, at least here in the preseason and moving into the regular season. Yeah, and I think that Noah Gray was going to make the team regardless. I think Andy likes Blake Bell a lot, but I think when push comes to shove, he was going to go Gray over Bell if he had to. Um, I think more than anything, this is going to make them want to play Gray a little bit more than they wanted to. I think they they like Gray a lot, and they also don't want to risk him getting injured. Um, with with Fortson, not, it looked because the Chiefs tight ends look like a strength, but then all of a sudden, you know, you have Fortson – you know, nursing a nagging injury, and now you have Bell, you know, so now you're just, you're really down to Kelsey, Gray, and Franks, and, you know, you're, you're not going to play Kelsey, but a series of game, and so you really, you almost need to bring in another camp body, you know, if Bell's going to be out for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm like, are they thin at tight end? Um, <laughs> do, do they need another guy there? Because now I am a little bit worried. It's, the flashes we were seeing from Jody Fortson early in training camp, if he's healthy and he can get back on the field, I think Jody Fortson's going to have a significant role this season. And I think he's got the athleticism. We got a, a tiny glimpse of what his red zone presence could be last season. And I think he could be a legitimate weapon for them that way. Like, you know, we know that Travis Kelsey is going to have a, a bunch of targets and he's going to have a good chance at going over a thousand yards again because he's Travis Kelsey. But I think Jody Fortson could have a significant role if he is healthy. But all of a sudden you're like, oh, that tight end room might be a little thin. So they might need to look at uh, bringing in another camp body uh, if there's another veteran out there that they might be interested in if this Blake Bell injury is serious. But it does mean big things probably and and more playing time for Noah Gray uh, moving forward. I want to stick with the veterans with the first team for a second. Um, And I'm talking about Chris Jones, really. Chris Jones looks fantastic. And, you know, we've been talking a ton about the pass rush and the defensive ends. And they brought in Carlos Dunlap because you're, you're a little skeptical about it being Frank Clark and Mike Dana who started this game or Frank Clark, George Karloftis. They needed the depth. So they bring in the veteran Carlos Dunlap, who I think is going to be a really good player for them. 
But man, I know it's the Chicago Bears and I know their offensive line is terrible. But Chris Jones was a monster in, in the few snaps that he played. And he got that sack that you could see the picture of uh, up on the screen on Justin Fields, where he just looked like he was dominating everybody on the offensive line. And there was nobody who was going to stop Chris Jones. So 100% agree with you. Chris Jones was a dominating force. I mean, he he didn't play very much today, but the snaps that he was in there, he was a consistent difference maker. And just the entire interior of the Bears' offensive line was consistently collapsing and flushing Justin Fields outside of the pocket. Um, I think that Chris Jones looks a little bit thicker this year than he did last year when he was trying to kind of split his time between edge and defensive tackle. I think now that he's able to just focus on his natural position, which is defensive tackle, he's able to just, you know, get his body right and and just put his ears back and just, I mean, just push – the interior offensive lineman back into the quarterback and just destroy their lives. Uh, I, for one, am super excited for Chris Jones this year. Um, if he looks anything like this going into the regular season, caveat, it is against the Chicago Bears, um, but he looks like he could be have as good a year as he's ever had in his entire career. This could be a career year for him if he consistently looks like this. Yeah, they, they don't need to play games with putting him on the edge this season. Uh, we know that he is dominant from the interior, and that's all you wanted to see. And in a game where you knew Chris Jones was only going to play a handful of snaps, and honestly, I was kind of surprised that they played him at all in this contest, for him to go out there and look dominating in just a handful of snaps and then leave the game, and we're like, okay, that's all we needed to see from Chris Jones. Like, that's all you can ask for in a preseason game, especially the first preseason contest of the season, even if it is against the Chicago Bears. We got to take a look at the rookies, Rocky, because I know those are the players that everybody is paying attention to. That is the group of guys that everybody has been locked into all training camp. And, and of course, we got to start with Isaiah Pacheco. Rocky, I was, uh, yeah, I think, shocked. I, I was pretty shocked when... Isaiah Pacheco came in immediately spelling Clyde Edwards alert. Like we knew Clyde is going to be the starting running back this season, but Pacheco has been getting all the camp hype. He's got all the athleticism in the world. He's their starting kick returner. He's got the four, three, seven speed, and he's got size and, and explosiveness. He's shown an ability to pass block and catch passes. Like he looks like he could be an every down running back in the NFL. If the hype lives up to every, everywhere that it's been so far in training camp, and I still kind of thought that Jarek McKinnon was going to be the third down back, that, that he was going to be that guy, and Pacheco was going to have to find his way of contributing early on as the Chiefs' starting kick returner and then maybe make some plays there and be sprinkled into the offense here where he'd show that explosiveness, that athleticism, until you know once we get farther into the season, Andy Reid would be like, okay, we just got to get this guy on the field more. Like We just got to get him more opportunities. And – that wasn't the case in preseason game number one. He immediately came in as Clyde's backup, as the number two running back, caught a pass, shed a tackle, showed that contact balance that all of us have been waiting to see. And, you know, he didn't, it's not like he broke off a 70 yard touchdown run or something like that, but he did everything that you wanted to see from him, right? Like coming in that early, being the clear number two running back, which I was really surprised by catching that pass, shedding the tackle, even though he didn't find the end zone. Like I saw everything that I needed to see from Isaiah Pacheco in this game. And I, apparently I wasn't even being high enough on him because it appears he is their clear cut number two running back as we move forward towards the regular season. Listen, since we drafted him, I did the film breakdown for him when we drafted him over at arrowheadpride.com. And I've been all over this guy. I love this guy. I've been on Twitter all week saying Mary Pachmas because this is – this preseason to me is all about Isaiah Pacheco and him making a name for himself. And I think that you learned more importantly by his lack of usage in the game and coming out so early of what they think of him, that, that A, Andy Reid trusts him, that he doesn't need the reps, that he's seen enough out of Isaiah Pacheco to know that he, that he can trust him in the game situation. And then B, that they don't want to risk getting him injured, you know? And so I think that this says more about Isaiah Pacheco positively as a player in the in the eyes of, of, of reading the coaching staff than it does about Jerick McKinnon. I think Jerry McKinnon is still Jerry McKinnon. He's a fine back, but I think that you know Pacheco at, has an element of strength, speed, explosiveness that McKinnon and other running backs on the roster 
just don't have. The man is a freak athlete. For the fantasy football players out there, uh, the fact that Isaiah Pacheco got into this game with the first team offense and then didn't play that much afterwards. You mentioned it, Rocky, like didn't get that many snaps means that the Chiefs are planning on like this guy's going to be a big part of our offense. This guy is going to get a, a massive opportunity this season. So the, the hype is there. The excitement's there now. And we're actually seeing it unfold for the Kansas City Chiefs that like, no, they truly do view him as a contributing playmaker and, and a starting caliber playmaker for this offense, which is Awesome to see. It's exciting. I'm really glad that I had a dynasty fantasy draft before training camp started. <laughs> so I was able to get Isaiah Pacheco late in that draft before all the hype took off. But I, I understand why Kansas City Chiefs fans are excited. And I think they should be because just in, in the small sample size that we got today in Chicago, it's you, you saw enough of the glimpses to where you're like, man, that guy's got an opportunity to, to be really, really exciting this season. Listen, I, I tweeted out before the game that that you're about to all your fantasy leagues, you're about to see that little like that 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 risers and fallers list that they have in every fantasy football league that Isaiah Pacheco is getting ready to be on every single risers list after this game. And maybe he won't be because the lack of opportunities. But if you're out there, Chiefs fans, and he's still available in your leagues, I'd pick him up because he's not going to be the starter, but he's going to get meaningful touches. And the Chiefs offense is going to score points and he's going to score touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, at the very least, he is the handcuff to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he should. He went from being a late-round flyer to now he is a must-own fantasy player in every single league that you are in. <laughs> in fairness, hard. in fairness, a handcuff for Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably going to start four games during the season. Yeah, it feels like uh, based on Clyde's track record, you you can really bank on that. We got to talk about the other offensive rookie and wide receiver Sky Moore, who I think also was really impressive in his first game action. Um, you know, we, we saw, we've seen the clips uh, of training camp where they're using Sky Moore out of the backfield. Uh, he did get a uh, jet sweep opportunity in, in this game. It, it, it didn't, he didn't, he wasn't able to do much with it, but the fact that you're even getting those looks in the preseason should make you really excited because Andy Reid's not showing anything personnel wise in these games. He's not giving away any of his offensive schemes and, and the creative play calling that we know he is famous for. But the fact that they were willing to bust that out in a preseason game means they've got some things dialed up for Sky Moore. And I think you should be really excited for him too. He did have a really tough contested catch. And we saw the hands we saw, you know, he's not the biggest wide receiver in the world, but he's strong and he can battle for the football and he can break tackles. I think there that Chiefs fans should be really happy with what we saw from Sky Moore today as well. Oh, 100 percent. I think, um, you know, the sky is the limit for Sky Moore, you know, pun intended. Uh, but I think that the thing that you noticed today is that a lot of the touches that usually would go Mecole's way as far as like some manufactured touches went Sky Moore's way. And then on top of that, Sky Moore also caught the tough balls across the middle. Um, I think that Sky Moore is trouble for Mecole Hardman as far as being a, as far as snap count to be a consistent, you know, contributor on the Chiefs offense. I think it's good for the Chiefs offense. Maybe not great for Mecole Hardman. Mecole Hardman's still a, a weapon. He's still going to be a part of this offense. But I think that you're going to see as the season goes on, Sky Moore's role is going to increase and Miko Hardman's is going to go down um, because he does all the things Miko does, but better. Yeah, there there was a small moment this offseason where I was talking myself into McCole Hardman, you know, possibly being the Chiefs top wide receiver. Um, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not the case now. Uh, I, I feel like it's safe to say that. And, you know, he didn't play very many snaps today, but. And Sky Moore notably played more than McCole Hardman because as of right now, he probably is below McCole Hardman on the depth chart. But a lot of it is just getting these young guys reps and getting them game speed action and getting them contact action. And so that doesn't really mean that much to me when it comes to Sky Moore. I think that we saw a glimpse of his talent and what he can be for this offense. The guy that I was really paying attention to going into this game was Chiefs rookie safety Brian Cook. Um, I mentioned it on Show and BK earlier this week. I, I feel like Brian Cook, uh, in terms of the, the Chiefs uh, group of rookies, has been a little overlooked just because, you know, he's 
he's going to be the third safety uh, mixing in with Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill. Like those are your clear cut starters, but we've seen the chiefs utilize three safety looks in the past. It's kind of a staple of Spags defense at this point. So, you know, Brian cook is going to have an opportunity to step in. And, and I feel like we've downplayed his training camp a little bit, just because there's so many other young players that we're infatuated with right now. And I think Brian cook's got an opportunity to be a really good player. I wanted to see, that, that big, hard-hitting safety. And he did give us a glimpse of that on uh, special teams. And I think he could have a big role on special teams moving forward this season, too. I, I think there's a lot of optimism and a lot of reasons to be excited about Brian Cook. And I feel like I'm just saying that about every single Chiefs rookie on this show. But it's because we saw flashes from everybody, Rocky. Like, we saw flashes from basically the entire group throughout the entire contest. Chiefs love three safeties. Chiefs came out with playing three safeties in the very first in the very first drive, um, you know, and they and they had Justin Reed up on the line um, also, and they kind of had Juan Thornhill in the back. But I think that this year you're going to see a lot of Reed, Cook, and Thornhill all on the field at the same time, with Cook and Reed creeping towards the line of scrimmage where they can go downhill and make plays, and then Thornhill kind of manning the back, and that should be exciting to you. Chiefs fans, because when he's able to seek out contact, Brian Cook is very effective in disrupting the other team's offense. Um, and like you said, it was his very first professional game today, and his very first you know snaps that he got. And we saw a glimpse of it today. I would only expect as the season moves forward that that kind of increases as his snap count increases, and as his his experience increases, that it's just going to get a little bit more and more exciting to watch. So, yeah. I Brian Cook is for Chiefs fans, you know, he I think he's gonna we talked about this a little bit on show MBK as well, that he's gonna be able to step into kind of that Dan Sorensen role where Dan Sorensen's been a straight up liability for the last couple of seasons for the Chiefs. Brian Cook can do all of that stuff better. Like the things that they were trying to utilize Dan Sorensen as, you know, kind of a, a linebacker supplement and replacement, like yeah, we need you around the line of scrimmage to help against the run and try to try to tackle like that. Brian Cook can excel in that role, and he can have a huge <laughs> impact there. Dan Sorensen wishes he was Brian Cook. Brian Cook's going to excel in the Brian Cook role that Dan Sorensen's been trying to play for the last decade unsu- unsuccessfully, with the exception of a couple of highlight plays. But that's Brian Cook's role, and I and that is no longer the Dan Sorensen role. That's the Brian Cook oh. role. Dan Sorensen can just do his own yeah. thing down there in the Big Easy. Oh. I feel like you're just being a Dan hater. I mean, Dan Dan gave the Chiefs some good years, all right? He was bad the last couple of seasons, but Dan's given the Chiefs some quality reps uh, at some points early in his career. Uh, we got to talk about George Karloftis, Chiefs rookie first-round pick. Um, you know, early on when he first got into the game, uh, it looked like it took him a little bit to get going. But then once he did, going against the Bears' second-team offensive line, Karloftis was a menace. He he was playing really good. He was being disruptive. We saw that kind of power rush, and he actually did wind up sacking uh, Bears' backup quarterback, Trevor Simeon. So we've actually got that for you guys available right here. Shifting, trying to maneuver, and he gets brought down by the rookie out of Purdue, George Karloftis, the number 30 pick, who was one of the absolutely best edge rushers in college football last year. Again, it's preseason, and I don't want to just dive headfirst into all of the rookie hype, but the snaps that we saw from George Karloftis and you know, going against the Bears' second-team unit, and I've already mentioned that I think the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL, and I think they're going to be legitimately in play for the number one overall pick in the draft next season. But you just want to see him win reps against NFL-caliber players. And once he got going, it took him a a few snaps to get going. But once he did, George Karloff just looked like a menace. He did. And I think that that interior rip move is kind of his staple a little bit, the one that he used to get that sack. But I think besides that, you know, he was really making the quarterback uncomfortable for the majority of the day that he was in the game. I'd say it took him a couple of drives to get going to kind of, you know, get used to the speed of the NFL. There was a couple of mental lapses early, early on where he pursued inside and the play was bounced outside, you know, but those are all things that's going to happen when you're a rookie, you know, it's your first NFL game. It's your first NFL reps. Um, I think that he's a quick study 
and he adapted very quickly and learned from it. And yeah, he was, he was noticeable. He was noticeable and he's the real deal. I think, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's the first game, it's the preseason, but I think he showed you enough that you can be hopeful about what he's got, you know, coming down the pipe in the future. And last thing on the rookies, I want to mention cornerback Joshua Williams, and I want to mention cornerback Jalen Watson. Um, you know, Joshua Williams, I, I think is going to wind up being a, a big a playmaker in the secondary. I think he's going to wind up having a, a large role. And I think he's going to be a future starting cornerback for the Kansas city chiefs. I don't think he's going to be that at the start of the regular season, but Somewhere down the line this season, I think he's got a good chance of being a starter. I, I think at least at the very least next season, you're looking at Joshua Williams potentially being a starter for your secondary. And, and Jalen Watson has been getting some work with the ones in training camp, and he's been getting some opportunity. Joshua Williams did get burned uh, for that big play by Tajay Sharp. It was also it was a nice throw. He mistimed the ball. I don't think he was in a bad position. I, I just think that he was a rookie who mistimed the football and then it was an incredible catch by Tajay, Tajay Sharp. So I, I think that's something that you're going to expect from a, a player as young as him, who's still trying to learn and grow at the position. Yeah. It's a learning experience for Joshua Williams on that play. He was initially a really good position. I mean, he, he, he had great coverage and then he just kind of like drifted a little bit and then just tried to extend his arm out and make the play. It's almost like he got, he was in such good position early on that he got lazy at the top of the play and then, and then just whiffed. Right. You know? And so that's something that he's going to have to learn that you got to play the, you got to play the ball all the way through the end of the play, just because you're there doesn't mean that you're going to break it up in the NFL. And circling back to rookie cornerback, Jalen Watson, who we know that Isaiah Pacheco has been getting all the seventh round rookie hype, but Jalen Watson, as I already mentioned, has been getting opportunities with the ones and he's not going to be a starter or anything when the season uh, come comes, but he is going, got a chance at being a rotational player for this secondary. Like the Chiefs are giving him some looks and they like him. And, and I liked what I saw from him today. And I know Pacheco's getting all the hype, but I think Chiefs fans should be paying a little bit more attention to Jalen Watson. Like you don't see seventh round cornerbacks get a lot of these kinds of opportunities very often. And that says something about what they're seeing from him in camp and, and the way that he's been playing and practicing with the team. Yeah, uh, Jalen Watson, I mean, he's fast, man. He is such a fast player. And he was great in coverage today. I mean, he he really, really shined, you know, in pass coverage. I think the the area of, of that he needs to work on is in run support. He's just, at this point in his career, I don't know if he's quite strong enough to hold up in the run game. He kind of gets kind of gets moved back and pushed and pushed back by blockers a little bit too much. He can't really shed the block to to get back down downfield and make a play. Uh, but that's something he's going to have to learn, and he's going to work on his strength as he gets older. Um, he's a rookie, seventh-round draft pick. I think for what he is right now, he's a guy that you can bring in in a dime package, and he can lock down a slot receiver, though, you know, for sure. Moving on to the other Watson, Justin Watson, Pete Sweeney's guy. Pete Sweeney has been hyping up wide receiver Justin Watson all training camp, talking about, the chemistry that he has shown with Patrick Mahomes and the playmaking ability. It's safe to say that Justin Watson is a lock to make this team. I, I think after his performance today, today against the Chicago bears, uh, he, he played a ton with the twos wound up having five grabs, 45 yards and, and that touchdown, which we actually have available for you guys. So let's check out Justin Watson's touchdown for the end zone. It is Watson hauling it in for the touchdown. Nice throw by Bouchelle and a good catch by Watson for a 22 yard score. So Justin Watson is the chiefs fifth wide receiver, right? Like, like he, but he, I do think that he is a lock to make this team at this point, we know that he's a burner. We know that he can win deep down the field and he's gotten rave reviews from the coaches and Patrick Mahomes obviously likes him. This is uh, for a guy that's getting training camp hype for a guy that that's fighting for a spot and uh, a deep and veteran little wide receiver group. That's exactly the kind of performance you need to see from him in the preseason to make sure that he locks down a roster spot. Yeah, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he does the little things right, and he played mistake-free football today. He made the most of his opportunities. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Pete's been hyping this guy, and I've been saying Pete's right, you know, as much as possible, that that Justin Watson was, was going to make this team the moment that Mahomes called up Brett Veach and said, hey, 
how fast is this guy? You know, when he was working out with him down in Texas in the offseason, um, Justin Watson is just a guy that just he looks like like he's a solid option. Like he's not that guy that's going to be, you know, you know, a wide receiver one. But he can be, like you said, that wide receiver five that you bring in occasionally that can win on the outside as the X receiver. So I think that I put it in Sharpie, man. Justin Watson's on this team. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's safe to say he is locked to make this roster. Um, I don't think it's safe to say that running back Ronald Jones is going to make this team, however. And we've been talking about it. He's been running with the threes a lot in training camp over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, at the start of camp, he was getting looks as the number two running back. He, he was running with the first team and the second team and getting opportunities there as an early down rusher, because we know he's not a pass catcher. Like he, the, the guy's just got cinder blocks for hands. We we've seen that so far in his NFL career, but as Pacheco has emerged as uh, Jarek McKinnon, we know what we're getting in him as a veteran running back and his pass catching ability and his reliability there as a player. I was struggling as long as two weeks ago to see where Ronald Jones fits into this running back room. And now I think it's safe to say that he's not on the roster bubble. He's just simply not making this team. He is not going to make the chiefs final roster. No, he's not going to make the final roster at all. I don't think, I think that he's this year's uh, Carlos Hyde um, for multiple, for multiple reasons. He's just, he's honestly not a good fit for the team. Like you said, Chiefs are a pass first offense and he can't catch the ball. He has a history of, of, of ball security issues and fumbles. And then you saw him today. He's a turnstile in pass protection. He cannot pass block for the life of him. Or does he seem like he really wants to? Like his effort in pass blocking was non-existent today. And he's a guy who's been a lead back in an offense previously in his career who's still, quote unquote, in the prime of his career. So I don't think he's going to want to be sitting on a roster at, at running back three or running back four just happy to make the team. He wants an opportunity to get reps. He wants an opportunity to play. And so you don't want a guy in the locker room who doesn't want to be there. The Chiefs have shown that time and time again, that if you don't want to be here, they'll, they'll let you move yourself out the door. And I'm not saying that that he's been had a bad attitude or anything like that. I have, I have no proof of that. But I'm saying as it gets towards the end of the, of the preseason and it's looking like he's going to be running back three, I think he's going to say, I'd like to have an opportunity to play somebody somewhere else. Yeah, and that that seems pretty clear to me. I, I know a lot of people have been floating around. You know, he's Carlos Hyde, like the Chiefs traded Carlos Hyde right right before the season started a couple of years ago. And then I think, what, do you wind up having a 1,000 yards for the Houston Texans that season? Um, so Ronald Jones is that kind of candidate. Like, he has shown that he can be an effective early down rusher in the NFL. But, yeah, so far in his NFL career, he's a liability in pass blocking. He can't catch passes, and he's just – not not reliable in, in every facet of the game the way you need a starting running back, especially one that's going to be in the backfield with Patrick Mahomes to be. So I, I think it's safe to say that Ronald Jones is just simply not going to make this team this season. And I do want to mention, though, that running back Derek Gore did wind up leaving this game with a neck, neck injury. Uh, we have not gotten an update uh, on him just yet. Uh, so we'll be on the lookout for that here at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network and ArrowheadPride.com. Hope that Derek Gore is okay. I know that he's a player that Andy Reid likes a lot. He he got uh, a decent amount of playing time for the Chiefs last season. And if it is a significant injury for Gore and then, you know, Ronald Jones winds up being on his way out of town, I, I do think that they could look at trying to bring in another running back because I, I do think that you want four running backs on the roster. If you – if you only carry three running backs headed into the regular season, you, you feel like that position group's a little thin, uh, especially at that particular position where you it, guys can get injured a lot because of all the contact that they take. Where's Darwin right now? Just bring Darwin back. <laughs> on there. Or Jerry on the other. You honestly already have that fourth running back on the roster, and you're calling him a wide receiver slash running back at the moment. Like Jerry on Ely could be that fourth running back if Gore can't go and they move on from Ronald Jones. You know, they could keep him as that as that Darwin Tompkins, Dexter McCluster, you know, type of guy that they've shown that to, to like in the past, you know. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So last thing for me, Rocky, on preseason game number one, again, the Chiefs lose to the Chicago Bears 19 to 14. But uh, first string offense looked fantastic in the one drive that they had. And, and there was 
a ton of promise throughout the entire game. But uh, I, I think the most lighthearted and probably most fun moment of the game was when Andy Reid and Dave Tobe decided to deploy safety Justin Reid on an extra point attempt. And Reid nailed it to his credit. Um, yeah, we've been joking around because we saw him kicking field goals in practice. And then Dave Tobe actually intentionally put Justin Reid in without telling him ahead of time in practice, like in a uh, long, like end of game field goal simulated situation. And Justin Reid apparently shanked the kick. Uh, which that th we had fun talking about that this week, but he nails the PAT and Justin Reed was so happy about it on the sideline. It was just a cool moment and lighthearted preseason moment where it's like, you could tell why these guys like playing for Andy Reed because Andy Reed is willing to do something like that. And, you know, he's not taking it too seriously. And, and he knew how fun it would be for his team to watch Justin Reed make that extra point attempt. I mean, I think Justin Tucker held the record as the highest paid kicker in the NFL for all of what, like half a week. Justin Reed, I think is making more than Justin Tucker. So uh, I think Justin Reed's the highest paid kicker in the NFL right now. I think he should just take that read off the back of his Jersey and replace it with Tucker. I mean, we found our backup kicker here. If something happens to Harrison. I mean, you don't got to go out there and, and search the world for the Robbie Goulds, you know, who are just kind of, you know, you know, the journeyman kicker anymore. Just just throw Justin Reed out there and let him kick for a couple of weeks until Harrison Bucker comes comes back and he because I mean he's gonna he looked as good to me as as anybody else you're gonna see. That was a that was a beautiful point after attempt. I'm fine with Justin Reed being the emergency kicker. Um we're not going to see Justin Reed uh, attempt any extra points in the regular no. season. Uh, but it, it was just a cool moment. And you could see how excited everybody was for him on the sidelines. It's just another one of those cool things where you see how much fun these guys are having being Kansas City Chiefs. And Justin Reed, I think, is has been really underestimated so far in his career, like how good he's been just because of the bad teams that he's played for. So I think he is very excited to be here in Kansas City and, and to see how happy he was after hitting that extra point was just something that was really cool uh, in, in the middle of this game. But uh, thank you, guys. First one in the books. I, I'm a little rusty, but I feel like we did OK, Rocky. I feel like we had a pretty good show here uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Uh, this being the first Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show of the season. Me and Rocky will be here with you all season long. And Kramer Sansone behind the glass. He will be with us all throughout the entire season, too. So shout out to my guy, Kramer, for helping us out today. Uh, you can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magana. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. If you guys are listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around immediately following the show. We will have all of the postgame press conferences available for you in this show. So make sure you stick around after that. Otherwise... We got practice again in St. Joe on Monday, so we will talk to you guys for the next day of Chiefs training camp on Monday. Thanks for tuning in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show after the Chiefs' first preseason game against the Chicago Bears. Immediately following the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, safety Justin Reid, as well as defensive end George Karloftis and wide receiver Justin Watson. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Patrick Mahomes, then Justin Reid, then George Karloftis, and we'll finish things up with Justin Watson. Here's Andy Reid. All right. Um... It was good to get a game under our belt here. I've, I thought the ones and on both sides of the ball did well. The twos did a good job. I, I thought it was a great experience for the threes and the fours to get in there and get some experience under, like I said, under their belt. So um, we've got plenty to work on there, and we'll do that. Uh, but, again, some of those young guys that had a chance to play today with the ones and the twos are guys that we'll be asking to play this season. So I was, I was happy the, with their production there. Anyways, with that time, yours. Well, you mentioned some of those young guys, and obviously a day for Checo was one of them. How did you think he looked out there today, with, even with the limited repetitions? Yeah, I, I, I thought he ran hard and um, played fast. He didn't look like it. You know, he shied down from anything. Um, pretty accurate with the things that he did. So I thought he did a nice job. He's one of the young guys that I, I was happy um, had a chance to 
play. Andy, Karloftis uh, had the sack, but it, it, it wasn't the only time he was uh, making trouble back there. How did you see his game? Yeah, no, I thought he did some good things. I thought the D-line, you know, those first couple of units played well. Um, they put pressure on, and Karloftis was part of that. He, you know, he had a sack. He had another chance for a strip sack and was close on another sack. So um, he, he was pretty productive there. And one of the, a couple of things that stood out about him, but obviously the motor you've been talking about from day one, but the, the feel for the game is also there too. Did, did you see kind of a convergence of that already? Yeah, he's a he's a sharp kid. He wants to do the right things. He talks to everybody. You know, all those veteran players. He he asks questions. He's not not afraid to learn, and um, he's got a good D line coach that, that can teach him. So I, I think it's he's a sponge right now with all that. Justin Reed with the extra point, is he now officially your backup kicker? Yeah, listen, it's hard, to, you know, truthfully, it's hard to find a backup kicker. You can't carry two of them, right? I mean, that's a tough thing to do. So um, for him to be a legitimate kicker, I, I think, is a, you know, is a positive thing for us. So he can boom it now. And, you know, he had the one muff up in training camp, but he's been pretty good with his kicks. Andy Patrick. Patrick's Day, I wonder if you could sum that up and maybe just provide any insight on the one pass to Marquez. Where it looked like I think he had a different option and he adjusted pretty late to come back across the green. Yeah, so Marquez is one of the primary parts of that route and he um, he looks through the Y and shoots that. So um, on that, his arm got hit and um, or it would have been a touchdown. So I, he, was, he was on it and uh, but that's how some sometimes. Oh, you mean on the incompletion? Yeah. Okay. Which one are you talking about? I think it was another one that uh, I think it was Marquez coming. Pat Patrick was running hard right, and came back okay. across the green, got completed. Completed too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seven for eight. There's, there's only one of. There's only one that he missed, and that was the one. So yeah. Focused on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he was. He did some good things there. Yeah. Tried to throw the ball a little bit with him, came out throwing first couple of plays. And Did you get worried about the field condition at all, or it wasn't, wasn't a factor? No. No. A lot better than my high school field was. <laughs> Not San much. Yeah, San Francisco. You guys good? Everybody? Good. Thank all right, good. Thanks. Thank you. Patrick, you just sort of describe how you felt out there, brief, but. Uh, Pretty, uh, pretty potent, it seemed like. Yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. We went out there. Uh, we were able to spread the football around, uh, get a lot of get different guys involved, um, and found a way to get in the end zone. Um, and that was what we our goal was, is, was to come out here and score a touchdown. Um, and, and we did that. So it was definitely a good day and something we can build on. Can you describe what happened on the, the one misfire, I guess, was your, your arm got hit. Yeah. But, but it looked like shot at the end zone. Mm -hmm. Everything you wanted there is that is that how it went? Yeah, exactly. Um, arm got hit, so I didn't get to, get to fully get through the throw. It kind of yanked it down a little bit, but uh, I thought Marquez did a great job in one on one coverage on the, that post route, getting open. I felt the safety it kind of cheated over to the left side, um, and so um, I was trying to make that throw. And obviously, didn't got arm got hit, didn't make the throw, but it was good to see him get open on uh, man to man coverage down there in the red zone. Patrick, how much of that? I think you're talking about the play with Marquez. Mm -hmm. How much of that comes from just? You obviously had these guys down in Texas, and how much of it comes from your comfort level that you gained over these last Yeah, I mean, I think you saw it. Um, obviously, you saw me get out of the pocket a little here and there, and they, and they were able to kind of find those open spaces. And with Marquez especially, I mean, being with Aaron, I think he's, he's done a lot of that in his career so far. Um, so I think it'll be an easy transition for him. I think you've seen Juju in training camp doing the same stuff, and obviously guys like uh, McCall and Trav are always are going to be able to do that. So uh, it was good to get that first series out of the way um, and, and get a touchdown to have something to build on when we watch the film. Do you have options on that play, though? Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's several options on all our, all our plays. But, I mean, it, it was it, – it's good to just see the guys working, kind of in game speed, being able to think, run the right routes, uh, kind of get in and out of the huddle. Um, and then make plays happen. Um, and so that's what you want. I mean, obviously, it's a very simple offense right now. Um, but being able to go out there and execute at a high level, and I mean, that's stuff we've seen in practice, but to see it in a game against another team, uh, it's, it's definitely something to build on. What do you what's, your sense, what's your sense of Carl Loftus's, uh readiness after just seeing him more and more and seeing the whole pace with which he plays? and applied against a game today? Yeah, I mean, he's going he's gonna to go hard the entire time. I mean, that's just who he is. That's what's got him here. 
Um, and I think he'll keep crafting his skills uh, every single week to get better and better. And he's a guy that works extremely hard, so I know he's going to keep getting better and better. The only thing we have to work on is his celebration because I don't know what that was. He did like a double arm flex down. I've never seen that one. I was like, maybe at least go up with the flex if you're going to do something. So we're going to work on that, and we'll get back to you. What do you think of the field conditions? Yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, – it was good. I mean, it, it's uh, they're a little. I think they had some, some type of concert, so there was some stuff here and there. But I mean, it wasn't any crazy bad shape or anything like that. So um, I love playing here at Soldier Field. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's an awesome stadium. You feel the history of it, um, and uh, hopefully, I get to play a couple more games here and uh, and try to do whatever I can to win them. Patrick, I want to say that your completions came to six different guys, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Is that what we should expect with this offense, as far as? So used to Tyreek and Travis, but what excites you about having that diversity? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot like that this year. I mean, it's going to come from everywhere. Uh, we saw kind of six different receivers. We not, you didn't, Juju didn't even get a catch. You didn't see any of the other tight ends get catches. Um, and so I think you're going to – any other running backs. So I think it's going to come from everywhere this year. It's going to be hard for teams to kind of game plan against. I mean, obviously Travis is going to probably have a lot of catches. That's just who he is. But I think other than that, it's going to come from uh, the whole group. And I think the guys have kind of embraced that and know that – Whenever their number does get called, they're going to make a play. And if the other guy has, makes the play, they're going to be happy for him. And that's what you want on the team as offense. Last one, Patrick, just uh, you've had a little bit of a sense of connection with Justin Watson. I'm, I'm curious what you thought about his game and how much this does for him to get in the flow. Yeah, I mean, I think you've, you've seen it all training, all training camp, and I saw it all OTAs and everything like that. I mean, he, he can fly, but he's a bigger guy and can make those tough catches. And uh, I, props to Shane because I was taking saying throw the underneath route on the sideline, get the first down, and Shane threw the, the post down the middle and uh, gave Watson a chance to go up and make a play. And it's good to see him not only show his speed, but be able to make those tough catches uh, across the middle of the field and getting in, in the end zone. So uh, just like everything else, the guys are just ready for their number to get called, um, and uh, they go out there and make plays whenever their number's called. All right, thank you. Appreciate y'all. Golden toe. All right, guys. Golden toe. <laughs> so you, uh, you you mentioned the other day that it was on your bucket list to should make a field goal or an extra point. Or Man, it's a – I can finally check that one off. <laughs> yeah, that's a great feeling. When did you know that they were actually going to – because you, you kind of hinted at it on Thursday, but did you know coming into this weekend that you would get this shot? I didn't know for sure. Um, but coaches did let me know. Coach Toe, Coach Reed let me know if it looked good in pregame. Then um, if the opportunity presented itself, they'll give me a shot. And uh, pregame went pretty well, and I got the opportunity and, you know, went down the middle. So that was awesome. You had mentioned also on Thursday you wanted the younger players to just go. And yeah. What do you, how do you think they did today and then based on what you wanted to see? Yeah. Um, I still I think that early on in the game, um, the young guys that played early on um, did really well. Later on in the game, I think that we have a little bit of work to still do, some um, some rust to iron out there, but that's to be expected. It's the first preseason game. Um, it's a lot of these guys' first time putting on an NFL jersey. Um, so it's good for them to have that experience, and um, we're going to be able to build on that, watch the film, build on that, go back into the locker room, and uh, be ready for Washington to add on to it. Justin, I realize you're mostly cognizant of defensive backfield, but I, I wonder how much of an impression George Karloftis has made on you and, and made today. Yeah, yeah. Um, the best thing that I love to see about him is he just has a motor. I mean, the kid was just going all out. I mean, one of the plays that they ended up, the quarterback held it for a half second longer, he would have had a strip sack. Um, so he's having an impressive debut. Um, he's the type of guy, smart player, that he's going to keep that motor going, and um, he's going to help us this year. That's good. Okay, thank you. Bet. Quick and easy. Thanks. George had a feel to at least get the NFL preseason debut going. It must, must have felt a lot different than, than camp. Yeah, it was, it was great to go up against someone else, uh, new opponents and all that stuff, kind of test, test where you're at, see, see how things are going and that kind of stuff. It was a great uh, first taste. It seemed like you got more than a little good push uh, uh, all the time and, and uh, on the verge of a couple other hits and a strip sack. How, how did you feel about just what you were able to generate? Yeah, I think that you bring up a good point. You know, it's the, the almost, and I think the, the, the inches of the game, and I think that's a big difference between the NFL and college. Um, you know, getting getting there versus almost getting, there's a big difference. Uh, so that just something that, you know, you got to take back to the drawing board and practice on and work at um, in order to, to get those almost to being sacks. Is that the thing you're coming out of this the most with? Not that you got I think that, that, that and then it just – the speed of the game and just taking a second to take it all in, those are my two big takeaways for the day. 
You mentioned some of those promos and what is. How soon do you think you'll be looking at the film of that to see how you can improve on whatever needs to be improved? I mean, I'll probably watch it on the, on the way to the airport. Okay. <laughs> Patrick thought you needed to work on your celebration a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> First one, you know, you, you get, you know, you get all excited and you don't really know what to think and run around with, like a chicken with a, its head cut off, you know. But um, th that'll come with time. What, did you have kind of the arm? I don't know. I, I can tell you. <laughs> How helpful feeling was the sack, though? I mean, it, it was good. You know, it was good to you know get a big third down stop. Um, you know, and get our offense the ball back. So um, it was great. Good. Okay. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks. Hey, Justin. How you doing? Hi, guys. Oh, man, that's a bad start. No Princeton men in here. I don't think so, at least. Two Penn guys, though. On the touchdown, Patrick was saying that, that uh, uh, props to Shane because he was looking to um, drop it a little lower and, and you, you broke open. Can you just describe the, the play? Yeah, big time props to Shane. So, uh, you know, we had a call. It was third and four, and we had two five-yard routes on the outside. Uh, but Shane saw it was too high, you know, split safeties, and saw that void in the middle there. So he yelled out to me, uh, you know, for me to run that post route. She kind of audibled it. And uh, so, you know, like I said, to take a shot on third and four into the end zone when you have two five-yard routes underneath, uh, you know, take some moxie. But, man, he delivered a strike. It's a great play, great adjustment, and, and you know, a great all-around play by Shane. We saw Patrick connect with six different receivers on that perfect drive. How dangerous can this offense be with so many options like that? Yeah, we, they do such a great job here. I mean, obviously you have Patrick, uh, just an unbelievable quarterback, arm talent. I mean, he's the full package. And then uh, you look at Coach Reed, and, man, he's just – he's been in, in this game for so long. You know, they've had fast guys. They've had big receivers. You know, he's won with just about any type of receiver and tight end combination. So I think it'll look a little bit different this year. Um, but definitely got some, some big body routes for, you know, NVS and, and Juju, and obviously we've seen – what McColl can do and Trav. So there's a lot of talent out there, a lot of playmakers. I think it's going to be exciting as an offense. Justin, it seems like you, were, you had a pretty good sense of feel for the offense, but does a day like this make you feel like you're even more woven in and, and really understand the nuances more and more? Yeah, you know, it's uh, just since I've got here, it's it's been fun learning this offense and, and done a lot of good things, I thought, in practice. But, you know, you just want to show up in the game. You know, it's the first time that it's on TV, that everyone's seeing it. Uh, all across the league, and so I uh, was happy to go out there and, and, and put a good performance. Uh, first time, you know, fans seeing it, anyone who wasn't able to come to St. Joe's, uh, you know, just anytime you put that Chiefs jersey on, you know, you want to represent it well and, and, and play well, and so I was happy we could do that today. Did you have a decent idea that you could get several targets today, or did it just kind of work out that way that you were targeting six times? Uh, no, I wasn't sure, you know, just uh, we had a feel for this was going to be the first 15 plays. We weren't sure how many plays the that first group was going to get at receiver. Uh, so just kind of being fluid, but that's probably what this year will be for me, you know, uh, is supporting those guys, you know, MVS, Juju, McColl, um, just anytime my number's called on, you know, be there, be in the right spot and make the catch. So, uh, you know, I, I just feel like at this point I'm, you can put me, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, we could line up at St. Joe's, we can line up in Chicago, anywhere, anytime, you know, I'm, I'm ready to make a play for these guys at quarterback. All right, thank you. Thanks. All right, thank you guys.